Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Jacqueline Sun. I'm a fellow Virgo moon reminding you to prioritize play and fun in your life, even if you're going through those moments of deep healing. I'm so excited to chat more with you glow baddies soon. I'll see you in the episode. Hello everyone, welcome to Glow Radio. Today I have a special guest with me, Suzette. I'm very excited for a conversation. We're going to be chatting all about play, prioritizing fun in your life. And this is something that I've been talking about a lot on my podcast lately. So I'm very excited to dive into this conversation. Welcome, Suzette. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here and and, and be having this little time with you. I'm so excited. So how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do in case anyone doesn't know you? Oh, sure. So my name is Suset Lavoy Perez. I like to always add the last last name. I am Latina um, from Puerto Rico, um, which I, it's a lovely little island in the Caribbean. And this is related to how I got into how I do what I do. I work with women who are recovering type A personalities like myself, who have had loads of success um, in work and throughout their careers, but have also been found themselves burnt out and exhausted and overwhelmed because of the way that they have been going about work. Um, And I support them in quitting this cult of busy and the hustle mentality. And I do that through mind and movement shifts. I love that. I feel like that's like everything that I believe in. So I'm excited to hear more about your work and just how you got to this place. So was there a certain event in your life or what kind of happened that helped you develop this type of mindset? Yeah, that's a good question. And I have been thinking a lot about this because I always like to talk about this pivotal moment in 2017. And I want to get to that, but um, I think that, and I I know that you agree with me and that change and transformation is not a linear path. And I have been like, as, as I was preparing for our interview, I was thinking, what are other moments when I have been the universe basically, right? Or have been whispered that something needs to give, that something needs to change. Um, And I'm like, this is something I haven't shared with many people, but I will share it here with you. Um, I used to live in Wisconsin, in Madison, Wisconsin. That's where I got my master's. And there was a year there where I got into, maybe a year or two, when I got into a few, quite a few car accidents that were like near, like, near death experiences honestly one of them I was driving and I was there was a snowstorm and I did a 180 in a street that's very much usually like filled with cars and that particular day it wasn't so it was a miracle that I survived and then just like that I had two other moments like that just all, all car related and as I was thinking about this I was like wait this is so interesting I was going and I wasn't necessarily going fast but I saw that as a analogy to just the way that we live our lives just going 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 and it took like literal like actual accidents crashes 
to make me like pause and say, wait, what is happening? But as with everything, it's a journey, right? Like, so what, we go through these moments of break, breakdowns, which is something that I talk about a lot with my clients. And then we may change for a few years or we may change for a few months, but then we revert back to our patterns. And there's a reason for that. That's how we're wired. That's how our brain is wired. We go back to what's familiar. So even if you have breakdowns, sustaining the breakthroughs is challenging, which is where play comes in. And we'll talk about that in a, in a, in a second. But so I had these moments back in like maybe a decade, 15, 20 years ago, changed a little bit. I knew that things needed to change. I was going super fast. I was getting my grad, grad degree and just going, going, going. Fast forward to 2017. I have a PR agency with my sister and I, I love the work that I do there. And but I was working 24 seven um, and just overwhelmed and exhausted. And this is, uh, I like to say, this is a problem that a lot of entrepreneurs have. <laughs> that you just like cannot get, get, cannot find rest, right? Um, and Max agrees with me over there. We have a lovely dog in our, in our interview and Max is saying, yes, I agree. Um, and so 2017, I'm like going, going, going. And I'm, a month away from getting married. And uh, as I'm prepping to get married, still working, Hurricane Maria had a dev went through the island where I'm from. This is why I said that this is relevant where I'm from, which is Puerto Rico. It really devastated the entire Caribbean. And that happened. And at the same time, I was diagnosed with a very rare tumor. Like all this came, like happened at the exact same moment a month away from my wedding and so talk about like the world around me saying uh I don't know what you're doing girl but this is not it <laughs> whatever you're doing needs to stop right now because that's what actually that's what had to happen I had to stop and I had to really change the way that I was going it was a period of my my life that was a huge break breakdown for me and I had to learn not only to lean on other people and delegate in ways that I had never, because if there's anything I've seen as a pattern, both with myself and the clients that I work with is that we are nourishers and we're very much about like doing everything, not only for ourselves, but for everyone. And in this period of my life, I had to like do the opposite and rely on others and rely on also on, in tools that I had been developing and learn new tools to help me slow down and just be present in the moment because I, there was no other option for me. It was literally like, you have to do this so that you can manage the fact that you have this tumor and you can manage the fact that you need to be able to support the people on your island who are going through even a harder time than you are right now, right? So it just kind of came like together. Um, this, I want to call it a perfect moment. It was more like a perfect storm. Um, and from there, I just started shifting the way that I do things and also becoming really curious about how we sustain change. Because as I said, we don't necessarily know, like once we have a breakdown, it comes back. Like, you know, we have breakthroughs and then we have new breakdowns. And so I became really curious about like, how do we make this like in a way, like, do we, do we keep going? in a new path. I love that. I feel like that's so true what you said when like everything comes, it just all comes at once, like the storm and everything. I feel like I've definitely 
experienced that in my own life as well, but it's such a great moment for learning and growing. So I'm curious, what are some of the main methods that you use to help your clients to kind of overcome this cult of busy? Like you mentioned mindfulness and movement. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. So both with my, I have two, I go, I have two pathways to, there's two ways you can work with me. Basically one is on one on one. And the other one is through a program that um, is called Woo for the Practical Woman. And this program combines, you know, the mystical and spiritual part of, which is very much a part of who I am with more evidence-based behavioral work, right? And so one of the biggest things we do first and foremost is not only like do, like you're saying, meditation and, 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 and body work, but really get present to the agreements that you have with yourself and also the agreements that you believe that are going on around you. And one of those is that busy is a good thing. Like busy is the virtuous path and rest and play are the antithesis to work, right? And to being busy. So first is really challenging that belief. And what that belief looks like for you or for me is very different because we have very different contexts, right? There may be some themes, there are themes, like we both may believe that being like working, working, working is the, the way, but the reasons we believe it and the reasons that we do that, like we, we continue to believe it are very different. So first and foremost is shifting the mentality, that perspective, that belief. And that's by the way, it's a lifelong journey. That doesn't happen just like, poof, I'm right off in a limiting belief. And now I have an alternative to this belief and now I'm cured. <laughs> that's not how it works, even though I think a lot of people will have us think that that is how it works. Like you can affirm your way, like affirmations every day and you can make as many affirmations as you want. But if you don't get really to the, the real depth and meat of why you believe what you believe and consistently challenge that, you're not going to be able to change anything. So that's to me, that's at, at the core of one of the, the ways to start dismantling the cult of busy for yourself and I want to take a pause or make an aside Jacqueline because I think it's important to say that I think that the cult of busy is an agreement we all have like being beholden to being busy and working all the time is an agreement we have in the western world as part of the industrial you know, it started with the industrial revolution uh, and we've been kind of buying it <laughs> for like so long uh, and it's a it's an ideology that it's it's structural and it's collective, so that needs to change, right? That's not the world. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that by making individual changes, eventually we make collective changes. That's kind of the connection, right? But so I want to acknowledge that first, that we need to dismantle this idea as, as a collective, that busy and work and work 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 are the moral, like the 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 good thing to do. And I was listening to your conversation about play. First of all, I loved it. And about the conversations that you had with your mom, right? Which are actually conversations that I've had with mine and my family. And we're from very different backgrounds and we're from different countries, right? And still those themes repeat themselves. It's like working is the way. And play, don't play. 
because play keeps you away from producing, producing and from doing and from, from just going, going, going. And so we have to dismantle that at a, at a collective level, but also it's on us to challenge it daily at an individual level. And the kind of, and the way that the pathway to that for me is presence. This is why I work on mind and meditation and actually presence of body because being present in your body is what gives you access to awareness. And that awareness is what makes you capable of challenging any stories you may have, right? And so that's one that's really important aspect of it. And then the other one is how do you sustain this with practice? And I don't want to say consistency because everybody says you have to be consistent, do it every day, do it every day, do it every day. For me, it's make it sustainable, right? How do you sustain change more than how the consistency, we can be very moral about consistency too, to the point that if you don't meditate for 30 minutes one day, you just start like you fall into the same trap of kind of beating yourself up, right? So the path can become your own, another form of entrapment. So I work on that with my clients and sustaining change in a way that is compassionate and loving. And that's when play comes into because play gives us access to that. I really love that. I feel like I, I especially like how you noted that consistency is not really like the main thing. It's more sustainability because I feel like I'm the type of person I've learned that I actually don't function well with a very strict routine. So times in the past when I tried to force myself to practice a new habit, like every single day or whatever, I could only do it for a certain amount of time, but then I would get burnt out. And even when I first started meditating, I learned that I don't need a routine. It just needed to be at the top of my mind. So I would do it whenever, you know, I would prioritize it, but it didn't mean that I did it every day or it was just kind of something that was important. And then whenever I could do it, then I would. And then gradually it became a habit. So I feel like it's, it's really great that you mentioned the consistency versus sustainability part. I've been like, I feel like, I mean, I feel you were like, are you me? We're the same person. No, <laughs> but, but it's, it. I, I'm like you, I don't love, and I didn't love meditation when I started. I love who I am when I meditate. I don't love doing it. The more I do it, the more I love it. So I guess I love it now, right? But the big challenge for me was precisely what you're saying, that I was buying into this idea that I had to be that consistency, right? But for me, consistency is a product of this, this cult of busy. Like, oh, you just have to muddle through it, meditate and muddle through it. And I was like, wait, but I'm basically doing the exact same thing. I am buying into the exact same ideology, except that it has a different face. But it's that same underlying message that, you know, if you think about it from factory times, we had to make the exact same car parts at the exact same time and work nine to five. And if you approach change in the exact same way you're not really changing anything because you're just doing it over and over and over and over again and so for me it's like you're saying sustain it how do you sustain it today i may be able to meditate for 20 minutes tomorrow i may have to sit in silence 
while I'm like in the subway, for instance. I mean, I haven't taken a subway in a while because of the pandemic, but I, I used to do that. Or it may mean that my meditation looks like a movement meditation today versus sitting down because there's many ways in which, I mean, there's layers to how we can meditate, right? Um, and that's, that is to me a missing part of all these conversations about transformation is how do we sustain it in the long run in a way that it doesn't become another form of overwhelm or another form of burnout. Yes, that's so true. I just, <laughs> I agree with that so, so much. So I am curious, how do you incorporate more play and fun into your life right now? So right now, I actually just, um, this is one of my first interviews in a year and a half because I just had twins. So the idea of play, they're nine months old now, and the idea of play is front and center for me, not because, well, first, because I want to model to them what a life well lived in my terms looks like. It's the first thing. So incorporating play into my day is important for me because I'm not only, I'm, I'm not only doing it for me now. I'm doing it for these two little beings that are like around me. I'm doing it for my mom, to be honest, because when she sees me play, she plays and I'm doing it for my husband. So that speaks to what is how I'm incorporating it into my day is that I'm really aware that it doesn't matter what I'm doing in the day. I have to at least gamify one thing. So let's take preparing for, for our interview. Nobody's gonna see me. You, we, I'm, we're on Zoom, but I don't need to like put on like a face or put on makeup or things like that to have a conversation with you, Jacqueline, right? But for me, playing with colors and like putting on makeup takes me back to childhood, which is an access to play, right? That's a direct connection to place. What did you like doing as a child? So I make a conscious effort of like, oh, I'm like gonna go crazy today with color. Sometimes I don't. But so every day when I wake up, I ask myself, where can I incorporate at least like two minutes of play? It could even be, I had a client once who hated, hated doing accounting. I mean, I don't, unless you love math and are an accountant, you probably don't love doing your accounting for your business. Um, and we had a long conversation about that. Like, how do you incorporate play into the things that you have to do? Because let's be real, there are things that we still have to do that we don't necessarily want to do and, and, and like doing. And for this particular client, accounting was an example. And so we came up with like, what are some, like take two minutes, what are some things you can do two minutes before you do the accounting? Or how can you see this process of accounting as a game in a way that will make it feel joyous and fun? Because you know the definition of play is doing something for fun, for joy, not for any other reason. That's why it's then businesses of production and work, right? Um, so for me, trying to find ways and uh, to incorporate it, and again, that goes to the question of sustainability, it doesn't look the same way every day, but it feels the same way. Mm. And so that's where presence, this is why the, the work that combines mind work and movement and like body work is so important. Because when you can feel in your body, I know how play feels for me in the body. It feels liberating. It feels like bliss. It feels like joy. And whenever I conjure up 
moments of play in my life, there's a very specific feeling that I get that you, it will look differently for you. And it will look differently. It looks differently for my clients. And so once I connect to that, I can say, okay, what is the thing today? The one thing today that's going to make me feel that way. And then added to that is the question of, I am, I have taken the time to educate myself that because it's the work that I do, but it's something that I encourage clients to do as well. And I will encourage your listeners as well is to understand that the reason that you play is actually very practical. It is built into our design, like our biological design. Human beings, the reason our brains are so large, the reason that we we have evolved in the way we have evolved is because we have super long periods of childhood and youth. It's because we have play. It's because of play that we are the way that we are today. And so if you want to connect play to my ability to have more energy so I can do more, that's not what I will want. That's ultimately not what I want the connection to be. But if that's what will get you to play, then do it and really get present to what to the fact that it is a practical thing to do, that it is a helpful thing to do. It will give you energy, place how we learn, place how we create, place is how we problem solve in the best way possible. I love that. That is so true. I feel like it's it's very true that it's a more of a feeling and it looks different for every single person. So I really like how you mentioned that. What would you say is your advice if someone is just kind of starting out their journey, trying to get away from this cult of busy, um, but sometimes they're still kind of falling back into old habits? Like, what is your advice when someone encounters a moment where they fall back into an old habit, but they're trying to overcome it? Yeah. Develop. This is a great question. And it's one I think of all the time. Develop awareness is the first one. And the way, And to me, developing awareness is a lifelong practice. So it's best to do it before you hit a break breakdown, right? Or you hit a go back to an old pattern. But so my advice will be like, do a little bit of play. I don't talk work, but like do a little play into awareness and be present and practice that. So that when these moments come, when you go back to old patterns, you can recognize them. Oh, this is just... This is because my mom told me that when I was 10, I couldn't have a summer off and I needed to go work, right? Like, so you can make that connection. Um, that's the first advice, the first thing I will say. But the second thing is that you need to be really compassionate. The only way we break the patterns that we have created in our brain is by creating new ways of being and creating new patterns. And that takes time. <laughs> And I know people don't want to hear that, especially type A's and especially people who are like, I need answers right now. That's like, that was me at some point and still some days. Um, but that's just, it, it takes time. And it, somebody asked me recently, like, oh, I just feel so ashamed when I rest or I just feel so like, like I get so angry when I fall into old patterns and like, I don't feel like change is happening fast enough. It's not going to. And recognizing that, transforming yourself is not going to come with just it's not like you're like oh I'm transformed and now everything's going to be happy joy joy that it's a consistent like you're chipping away at behaviors and thoughts that actually served you and that's the third thing I will say recognize 
that this breakdown, like this, the way that you were supported you in surviving at some point in time. Like it helped you be the way, the way you are today and be who you are today. And in that recognition, that pattern, that behavior, weirdly enough, starts to lose power. Because you're like, oh, okay, I get you. So I like I used to work a lot because my mom told me I couldn't like pick the summer up when I was 10 and found me a job, right? That's, clearly I'm talking about me on this particular <laughs> so this particular example. That's me. I'm the kid who had to work at 10. Um, and so but recognize that, okay, well then doing that allowed me to thrive in this particular context. Okay, well, now you're my friend thought, or now you're my friend pattern, and I get what you're doing here. I'm going to choose a different path. So compassion, first of all, right? Like compassion, consistently practicing awareness, and also understanding that the old patterns are there for a reason, and they actually were trying to do the best they could, and that they don't serve anymore. Okay, bye. You are not your patterns or you are not your behavior and you can choose to take tiny steps to transform them every day and they don't have to be huge steps. I love that. I feel like compassion has been kind of on my mind lately too because I feel like that's something that I'm currently practicing with myself. Like you said, it's a lifelong journey and when I was younger, I was very, very hard on myself and I find that sometimes I still fall into those patterns, like you said. So I think that's a really, really great point. I definitely agree with the compassion. So what does a typical week look like for you? I know it's like different all the time, but could you give us an example of kind of what you do in, in a week span? Yeah. That's a good question. Well, right now I dedicate a lot of time. Well, and I'm kind of trans transitioning out of that but I have the privilege that I was able to take a lot of time off to be with my um my children as they kind of went through their first year but beyond that before that and even now I do have structures in place so a typical week come is like Monday I have like certain like blocks of you know like Monday is my day to organize my life kind of thing you know and then I have three days where I see clients and I had slowed down my client, um, my client base for a while. Um, I have a wait list that's going to be opening in January when I'm ready to come back to it. Um, so right now, in a week, I'm prepping for that, but also prepping for the launch of Woo for a Practical Woman. Like I said, is a program that I run. It's a group program where I that it was important for me to create because I wanted to make the tools that. I know accessible to a wide, wider range of people, but also for, for people who can't necessarily afford one-on-one -on -one work with me. Um, so right now a typical week is like really like prepping, like going over all the, the, the material, for instance, that, I, that, I, that we have coming out. We wanna reform the curriculum and things like that. So that's kind of what's top of mind right now. I dedicate, However, like maybe three to four hours to work a day. Oh, yeah, a day, which doesn't sound like a lot, but this goes to play and to gamifying. And right now that's, that's kind of like, I was very present to how much time can I dedicate to work that feels joyful 
and feels like sustainable and feels good in my body because I am very much, I allow presence to guide me and I allow my sensations to guide me um, because that's what registers like whether or not I'm on a, going in the right path or not, right? So I dedicate about three to four hours of work to my day, of work today. I make sure that I incorporate one form of either movement or meditation into my day. And just like you, that may look like today I woke up at 6.30 in the morning by chance. When we, we go to bed early, when you have babies, you go to bed at like nine. So I got a good night's sleep. <laughs> when they go to sleep, I go to sleep. Um, we got a good night's sleep. And I happened to wake up at 6.30 and I said, perfect. I am going to meditate before I have to wake the babies up and feed them. That doesn't look like that every single week or every single day. Tomorrow, I may wake up later and I will have to like, you know, find another place to like, where can I fit meditation into the, into the equation? So I have a few practices that are top of mind for me daily. One of them is meditating or some sort of silence. Sometimes it's just, this is going to sound funny and I apologize, but sometimes it's just staring at the wall or having awareness of what is around me in the bedroom, right? Like, or in my office or down with the kids. And so I do that. And the other one is just taking time to actually play. And right now that looks like playing with my kids. Like they're crazy. I'm nothing like watching little kids run around, like to be like, oh wait, I wanna jump around and dance. So I've been doing a lot of dancing every day because to me that feels playful. Um, I grew up in a culture that celebrates and loves dancing. So I'm like, that's play to me. Um, which are things that I, I, we don't allow ourselves to just jump around the house. I mean, maybe we do, but I don't, I haven't met a lot of people who allow themselves to just like go like jump around the house. Or I was just talking to my husband about a, a particular moment where a bunch of adults were in a room. <laughs> we, we were all in like all these adults in a room and they were about to take a photo. There was a photographer at this event. And they were like, why don't you, somebody, you know, somebody start like being silly and playing kind of thing to add to the, to the kind of the brand. And everybody froze. Nobody knew what to do. And so to me, that tells me that we don't allow a lot of, like, we don't allow ourselves to like, just be and move and, and, and be playful. So meditation, so movement or, or breath or some form of awareness building is important to me goes into my daily practice play goes into my daily practice and for me learning is a form of play every day I try to learn anything and that also do you when I get biological and all like geeky about this <laughs> learning one thing a day or trying to learn new things is the way that we are capable of shifting patterns so there's a reasoning behind it right like you the more you learn the more, more open you are to new experiences and new things that's the way you're like telling your brain to do more of that so it becomes easier to break old patterns so that's important to me too I don't know if that that was a really roundabout way of answering your question about my week no, that too detailed? <laughs> no I love that I feel like I was just like really resonating with a lot of the things you said even how you said sometimes you're just staring at the wall and I feel like that's like literally one of the things I always aspire to do because like some I know that I just need to sit in silence more 
And I know that that's good for me because I feel like my intuition is constantly trying to tell me to do that. But actually it's, it's, it's very difficult for someone like me because my mind has been so busy. And even though I've been kind of doing meditation for a few years now, it, it took a long time to even get to this place because before I couldn't even sit still for like two minutes. So yeah, staring at the wall is actually really amazing. I feel like because sometimes I'll just like be in the bathtub, like taking a bath and then try to just stare oh, at the wall. <laughs> I love it. You're a bath champion like me. I love, um, I call it hydraulic therapy. <laughs> But it's like, but it's a form, it's meditative to me. I, I'm so happy you said that. Sometimes I sit in the bathtub and just like take 10 minutes to just sit in the bathtub and stare at the water instead of the wall or the wall and the water, right? Um, but there, ha- there are ways that you can incorporate these practices into your daily. And I think that that's, that's also where play comes in. It's being playful about what that looks like because the intention behind it is actually more important than the actual like like you know that you're doing this because it's it feels a certain way right it, it, it resonates a certain way for you and so just being like oh man i'm just gonna stare at the wall today that sounds awesome it's a way to get access to that and i love what you said about meditation because there are so many stages and layers to what meditation is and can be and i think that Sometimes we put, when I talk about way, I mean the wellness industry and like the, like the spiritual industry and like the spaces that advocate for meditation. Sometimes we don't do a really good enough job. Hey Max, I love him. We don't do a good enough, a good enough job of showing people that there are layers to how you can access kind of like you're saying, like stillness, like certainly there are practices and there's meditative practices that what the final goal is to find some deep just like you know transcendental experience where like there's utter stillness and nothingness like you connect with nothingness right but there are many other stages in between not meditating and that where movement can be meditative i'm certified in as a yoga one of the first things i did in my to become who I am today was get certified as a yoga instructor. And so movement can be meditative. Awareness can be meditative, like mindfulness, mindfully doing the accounting, mindfully doing your accounting can be meditative. And we need like, it's important that we're present to that and that we tell ourselves that because then that that will make it more likely for you to sustain your your path into transformation, your path into changing old patterns. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I'm also like a very spiritual junkie, and I'm very curious if like I want to know more about any spiritual practices that you do because like I personally love astrology, yeah, crystals. You're holding a crystal and. <laughs> you know, oracle cards, tarot, all that kind of stuff. So what are what are you into? And share more about that. Spiritual junkies unite. Um, <laughs> first, I want to say that, again, this is why Woo for the Practical Woman exists. It's because I am very much a lover of evidence-based tools and practices, but I'm also a spiritual junkie. So some of my favorites are 
crystals as you can I have a, I'm holding a crystal this is a citrine stone and actually I connected with it with its consciousness um, because I'm getting trained and certified as a crystal healer as we speak and the reason that I'm holding this particular citrine is because she is very much about connecting with my inner child and she's here to remind me um, to do that and I read tarot cards for myself and my loved ones I don't do it for <laughs> other <laughs> I don't do it outside of that but I have taken several courses in in, in tarot tarot readings and the young courses I used to um right after college I used to actually do it publicly and I stopped because I became for many reasons one of them because I started honoring my the I mean started going to grad school and honoring that like intellectual self more than the spiritual self and I got really scared of my intuition in my early 20s and it's something one of the reasons I think and my husband laughs when I say that I think one of the reasons why I'm like now like so open like I love stones and I love tarot cards and I have like 20 decks and I do have oracle decks as well and anyone who loves me and is close to me knows that the way to my heart is through a good tarot card deck or a good stone and good mineral um and I think part of the reason why that is the case is because I repressed that side of me for so long in my early 20s and so after all like part of the breakdowns and part of like coming back to self and to to building a new self right a new self closer to who I am as in essence part of that was like bowing down and being okay with being a super spiritual junkie I love that I, I have so many decks I like collect them I feel like my boyfriend is always like laughing at how many I'm like buying all the time so it's awesome that yeah you could also relate and I'm curious what's your favorite what's my favorite oh so or current favorite because you can't I know that's a bad question yeah. to ask I don't like it when people ask me that I like them all <laughs> <laughs> current favorite I feel like one of the the tarot decks I've been using a lot is the modern witch deck are you that's what I was gonna say yeah that's my favorite right now I really like that one because it's like it still has the kind of traditional tarot kind of imagery but I feel like it's just a little bit more modernized and more like feminine so I really enjoy that one and I have so many favorite oracle ones as well one of them is called sacred destiny I don't know if you've heard of that it's by Denise Lynn that was actually my first ever deck and I felt like it it always resonates with me so that one I really really love you have to put it on the notes so I can get it (laughs) for sure (laughs) my other favorite one is um the muse tarot and that one one. and that one is like so I mean it's all uh, like this is just very graphic and like in, in terms of like not graphic like graphic designing like it's so beautifully designed and for some reason, I remember that she came out with two decks at that time. And um, that one, I was just like, oh, I'm getting this one because that's not the one I really want. But then I started using it and I just, I I loved it. And I actually used it to decide whether or not I should buy a crystal or not. 
<laughs> I draw a card for the crystal I'm gonna buy and if, if it's a card that resonates with what I'm going through or if it resonates with the learning that I need to do then I'll be like okay crystal you come with me come home with me I love that I love that yeah I'm very like intuitive with my crystal shopping I kind of like will go to a store and then see yeah. which one calls to me and then sometimes I'll look up some of the healing properties and then it'll be like exactly what I need in that moment so I love, love doing it. that and I'm next curious. time ask me I'll tell you yes for sure for <laughs> sure do you because I'm a huge astrology nerd do you know much about your own astrology at all I used when I was in preparation for a call I was looking for my birth chart but I know that I'm sun and both sun and moon are Aries that's as far as it gets which I know is very surprising um but I like to say I'm an evolved Aries. But I think every Aries likes to say that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I actually, I love Aries. I feel like I've been connecting with a lot of them. Or I, I generally am very attracted to fire signs. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's very interesting. I, I was Yeah, we have an Aries household. My sister is an Aries. My husband is an Aries. Wow. Um, it's like powerful, passionate, the whole, <laughs> every wow. time we're in the house. Our children are Aquarius, which I have to say, I have a few friends, some of my favorite people, like I adore around me are Aquarius. And I don't know a whole lot about what awaits me with Aquarius children. So if you want to tell me, let me know <laughs> that's so funny because I I was actually kind of gonna guess that you might have some Aquarius traits in you probably who knows but yeah because I have a lot of Aquarius traits in me I'm a Pisces but I have a Virgo moon and a Virgo rising so I'm actually very earth earth and water but yeah Virgos Aquarius are very Aquarius are very rebellious they love being unique, expressing themselves and being different, like not following the crowd. I feel like that is a very Aquarius yes. trait. Oh, I can't wait. The mom in me is kind of like, oh, no, but the human being in me is like, yes, that's what we need more of. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I feel like when when we like honor that side of them or when they are able to honor that part of themselves, then they can really express their creativity. Because I find that when Aquarius are suppressed from their like environment or their family, it can be very challenging for them because they're they have so much like they want to express and just be unique. So mm -hmm. it's great that oh, you well, are yeah embracing all of that. <laughs> Oh, yeah we're gonna be chaos I call them like they're like just all over the place somebody's like how are you where my husband and I are going away for the first time in a year just the two of us it's our, it's our anniversary on Thursday um, our wedding anniversary and somebody was asking me how do you trust to leave your like nine months old <laughs> twins with like you know like my sister is actually taking care of them and, and we're grateful that we have somebody who can take care of them during the day and, and Annie who helps us and is amazing and I was like I don't know man it's just an act of surrendering consistently and knowing that they're just gonna be okay that I didn't know how to parent and I first of all I'm parenting myself because I'm now a parent so it's a great opportunity to reparent myself um, and second of all, I figure it out. So, so did we other people. Um, yeah. So I think that it's like a, 
allowing them to be but also I think that's something maybe that is the lesson that they're bringing into my world is that not only do I want them I want to allow them to be but I want to allow myself to be and that's actually what I want for everyone around me like that's what I want people around me to be in like who you are live your full truth and live who you are and don't bow down to like this collective idea of I have to produce and that's my worth is tied to that no your worth is tied to your existence period totally yeah that's so beautiful and happy early anniversary that's exciting thank you hope you have lots of fun and just before we end off this episode here where can everyone find you online what are your links and all of that so i'm everywhere as a little awareness because that is all we need a little awareness um and yeah you can find me on, on instagram my website and facebook as the little awareness and we are i'm launching wool for the practical woman is coming at the black friday like the friday after thanksgiving in the states um we're opening it up to the public uh if people are interested in working with me they can do it through a little awareness or through wool for the practical woman which is an awesome program that i love amazing i'll make sure to include all of your links in the description and thank you so much for joining me today that was such an insightful conversation it's been such a pleasure uh, and an honor thank you so much 